0: Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 230th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today Kyle? I'm doing just great Cameron. How about about you? I'm doing very well. Um, I'm still riding high off of these last two Mizzou basketball wins and can't wait to talk about them. Um, Not really any football news this week i don't think so pretty slow so that means like for the next two months or so this is a basketball podcast don't get too excited now this This is a basketball (laughs) podcast (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but really we don't we don't have any football to talk about so it's basketball recap on the wins previewing the next couple games i want to talk about tournament scenarios a little bit it's that time of year Mm. Uh, before we get into all of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review where you listen to us, support us on Patreon if you want, uh, patreon.com slash Pod. You might still be a little hot. Oh, turn me down? Mm-hmm. Stephen, it up in here. Okay, turn me down a little bit. Oh, that's
1: good. If you're looking for a place to get some of those hot takes out, you know, if you're looking for a, a friendly group to... Mm. discuss some of these games with. Our Discord is a pretty fun place to
0: be, especially when they're winning. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of winning, uh Missouri beat Iowa State 78 to 61. Let's go. Heck of a game. Uh let's start it out by talking about those throwback uniforms. What would you think of those, Kyle? Um uh, yeah,
1: I love them. I I mean, how can you not? They're beautiful. Yeah. I love the um, I love the big like blocky letters or not letters numbers on the back of the, yes. of the. For some reason, I was just like I was loving that. Just the big old numbers on the
0: back and that like the shiny mm-hmm. uh, gold yeah. color of the, mm-hmm. the the shiny white, the shiny gold, mm-hmm. oh. kind of the stripe around the waist. So it's, good, it's beautiful. <clears throat> Are those going to be part of the regular rotation? Now, I think or? they should
1: be. Yeah. I I. Kind of advocated for them on Twitter uh, to the Mizzou Hoops account. We'll see. I'll let, I'll let you know if they get back with me on that. <laughs> uh, but you know, Mizzou played great in them. Look good, uh, play good is definitely uh, a real thing. Yeah. And so I think they got to be. They, they got to be in there. Was it yeah. throwback
0: because it was in a Big Twelve, old Big Twelve? I think I that, that because yeah, that kind of went into it a little bit, but. Um, in this Iowa State game, uh, Isaiah Mosley got a start at home. That was exciting. Um, I really thought that Iowa State was going to control this game more than they did. Yes, you did. And <laughs> Mizzou imposed their style of play and from start to finish looked like yeah. the better team. Yeah, Iowa State came in number 12 in the rankings. Mm-hmm. And... It didn't matter. It is kind of a uh, interesting thing that I think. You,
1: I mean, we we both probably just assumed that Iowa State was going to impose their will tempo wise. I'm not really sure why we did that, but I don't know. D- does typically the f- the team that plays fast or slow get to usually impose their will more often? Because, but I don't
0: know. But the the fast team definitely was the one that that took over in this game, and it worked out really well. Yeah, and uh, pace of play wise, I mean, there w- there weren't as many i mean iowa state has played in games this year with more possessions um 60 only 65 possessions in this game and if we look at some of missouri's other recent games like the old miss game 69 possessions alabama 77 arkansas 72 florida 71 so this was a little bit slower pace as far as the number of possessions in the game for missouri but Missouri was incredibly efficient. Mm. Every possession, you know, resulting in points basically makes a huge difference. Um, Overall, when Missouri shoots like this, I mean, this is like we talked about this with the Ole Miss game. When you're shooting lights out from three, do you shoot lights out or do you shoot the lights out?
1: I think it's just shoot lights out. Is that like, are you asking me what the phrase is? Yeah, but you
0: could shoot the lights out.
1: I don't even know what that means. Is it just like shorthand now? That's a good question.
0: I'll, I'll look at. Okay, you shoot see you, so well the lights go off. I don't know. Like, what does that even mean? Well, maybe Cameron can find out. Shoot the lights out. Uh, yeah, we shot the lights out. I
1: and mean, that sounds like a bad thing.
0: Like, maybe if the lights
1: go off in the stadium
0: because you're shooting so well. I don't know how you that would just happen. Shoot in
1: the dark, it would just <laughs> still go in.
0: Probably. Um. Iowa State hung with Mizzou for most of the first half, but they they had no answer for Kobe Brown. Kobe, I mean, this has been a thing now, but he's looked incredible, like mm-hmm. one of the best players in the country. And I figure when we talk about this Iowa State game and LSU game, we can kind of just talk about them as one thing because mm-hmm. they were so similar. But uh, in the Iowa State game, Kobe went for 20 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, a block and a steal with only one turnover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think obviously the reason why
1: Kobe goes under the radar sometimes, like including like in recruiting, he w- I mean he was not like lightly recruited, but he didn't blow up either. He's probably like three, four star player. Um, and part of, probably part of the reason why he just continues to get slept on is just because of his size, like height wise, and he just kind of looks like he's going to be just the prototypical kind of tweener, where he's yeah. just not quite tall enough to to be effective down low and he's probably a little too big to be a guard and so he's just perfectly in between but also I guess the upside of those kind of players is when they do kind of find their niche they can be an unbelievable like mismatch just a nightmare for other teams and I feel like that's one thing Kobe's kind of figured out this year is how to exploit um, you know his size inside and he's definitely not a small guy of, of course i mean he's this is a unique case where the dude is just massive like broad shoulders and yeah. just can bully people down low but and that's know, what he's been doing a lot lately. he has yeah so he, his game has just been so versatile lately where he's shooting from three really really well and you know he's always been able to do that a little bit but he's been super efficient this year and um and then of course has just been super crafty down low and so he's been able to score from anywhere
0: Yeah, it's like if he's got a bigger guy that he can't bully, he just brings him out to the perimeter. Mm -hmm. And teams have been avoiding that kind of matchup. Like, uh, especially in the LSU game, uh, KJ Williams was not guarding Kobe Brown most of the time. Mm -hmm. And you'd think you'd want to put your best, like, big man defender on him. But I think he just is bringing those bigger guys out to the perimeter and then making them look silly sometimes. Yeah. And the little bit under, if they try to put a quicker guy on him, then he's just bullying them. Right. It's yeah. so fun to watch. Yeah,
1: exactly. He just has that perfect blend of the ability to score inside, but also has some guard-like t- um, qualities where he can kind of go, he can kind of create his own shot if he needs to, and he can dribble around and, and shoot from three. So he just, you,
0: he's dangerous from anywhere. Um, in the first half of the Iowa State game, I counted made threes, obviously from Kobe, but also Mosley, Hodge, and East. East had that, like, in- insanely deep corner three where he's, like, behind the backboard, basically. I
1: don't know that I've ever seen a three-pointer so far in the corner.
0: like, And I think it was later in that same game where Hodge made one on the other end of the floor, like, falling away that was, yeah. like, almost the same way behind the backboard. <laughs> yeah. And uh Nick Honor had a three in the first half. It was just, I don't know. I, in both of these games, I kept waiting for them to cool off, and they mm-hmm. just didn't. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's like I feel like I've been on the other end of this. Like we've seen other teams like I'm not just this year, but just generally watching college basketball. The team you're going up against, it's like, man, they just cannot miss right now. Like that is the worst thing ever. You're just like, it's going to stop eventually. Yeah. But Missouri, like you said, just I was kind of waiting for them to cool off and they didn't. And I don't know. I mean, what what happened in that couple game slump there? I mean, they're e- they are either so on or so off, and I don't really know uh, is that psychological is that yeah, just like I random know.
0: I mean right right around that time there was some changes made to the lineups and mm-hmm. stuff so Mosley
1: kind of wasn't in there yet right he was like kind of maybe slowly being
0: eased in yeah so he was obviously knocking some of the rest off and then um you know I think we can see now that Des Moy Hodge is a little bit of a streaky shooter so when if he's having a slump I mean I would hope that that A&M, Florida stretch, it would just seem like everybody was kind of slumping at the same time offensively. That's really hard to overcome, obviously. And uh, even in the LSU game, Hodge was a little bit quiet on offense, but everybody else picked him up. It was not even a big deal. Um, In the Iowa State game, there was a couple moments, well, we talked about a couple of them, but uh, Mosley's alley-oop to Kobe Brown that got called off. That was like... (laughs) That was weird. Yeah, I was frustrated by Where that. Mosley was the
1: the the passer, and yes. he like ran into the defender. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: they they called a foul on Iowa State. Yes. But it waved off the alley oop, which, I don't know. Like if he's shooting there, then obviously that's a shooting foul. Right. Um, the contact came way after he released the ball for the pass. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but, big picture
1: though for that game though, I thought the uh, officiating was a, I don't know, such a positive turn from what we've seen and i think i even tweeted something about the officiating but it just happened to be literally right when that play happened i don't know it was weird timing uh but that probably was like the weirdest call of the game but for the most part i thought the officiating was was great and i'm i was i'm so sick of those games man they have like 50 plus fouls like i don't even care if it like maybe benefits mizzou a little bit for a team that shoots free throws well it's just like that's just such an awful product to watch
0: yeah yeah there was uh i mean Mizzou had a foul to give like Iowa state was not even in the bonus late in the first half. Mm-hmm. Missouri had like four or five fouls called against them mm-hmm. going into like the last two minutes. Yeah, I
1: think they took advantage of that too. Yeah. yeah, once.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I mentioned Kobe stat line, uh, Hodge in, in the Iowa state game. He, he was hot, uh, five of 10 from three, 17 points. Would you um, say he was shooting the lights out? He was shooting the lights out. That's what it is. Mm, but okay. I think just
1: shooting lights out has been like shorthand. Okay. Okay. The well. origins are a marksman would shoot a candle and try to mm. basically blow out the candle with his shot without hitting the wax. Oh, okay. okay. That's okay. from Urban Dictionary, so who knows if it's true. I'm taking well, it. That's, <laughs> gospel.
0: that's absolutely true. Um, yeah, so... Hodge in this one, marksman like. Mm. <laughs> Five of ten yeah, for three. Uh DeAndre Golston just continues to make incredibly tough shots. Is he one of the
1: most interesting players you've ever watched?
0: Yeah, offensively, it's like <laughs> he knows he knows his game. Yeah. And but, you know, we've been talking about the last few games about how he just like pulling up from two and draining him, but then he can also Yeah, like making contested threes.
1: He just has a ridiculous mid-game, mid-range game, and like, yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he has pulled up from three too. Like, I don't know, he he doesn't pass, which is fine. He just knows he's gonna. He's got that green light. In fact, I wear this green shirt today, just Mm. in honor of Golston and his perpetual green light. (laughs) Um, But it just works. I don't know. He he is he can create his own shot, man.
0: Yeah, he pumped fake. The Iowa State game, he pump faked and had that spin move in the lane with the reverse layup.
1: Oh, okay. That was like. Beautiful. Seriously, one of the most beautiful plays I think I've seen all season. Yeah. That was from any team. Right. Just that spin through the double team and uh, the reverse
0: layup was just beautiful. As a team, though, uh, against Iowa State, Mizzou shot 14 of 30 from three and forced 19 Iowa State turnovers. Iowa State looked I mean, they looked sped up, even though yeah. the possessions weren't it wasn't a, a crazy number of possessions, but That is true. That was it was almost like um like I was getting fooled
1: into thinking that Missouri was like speeding them up, but it was almost just they were turning them over. Yeah. And
0: it felt like It was hectic.
1: Yes, it was hectic, yeah. but yeah. That's a good way to put it.
0: Yeah, they uh Iowa State was like still using a lot of the shot clock a lot of the time when mm-hmm. they were on offense, but it looked like They didn't have a plan, really. Like Mizzou was just messing up anything they wanted to do in the half court, and from a team that's really struggled on defense all season, uh, holding Iowa State to 61 points, pretty impressive, I think. Oh yeah, I Um, thought
1: Missouri was gonna get to like the mid 80s score wise. Like they were on pace at one point for probably 80 or 90 points, but I think they 78 is what they got to. Yeah, yeah. And 76 was the most points that Iowa State had allowed this year. Love so it. they still they still got over that threshold, but I thought they were going to smash through it at one point. But, they, I mean, how nice is that to be able to, like, be watching Missouri against a top 10 team, basically, and not even be worried about, are they going to win this? But I'm thinking, like, are they going to yeah. smash through Iowa State's, you know, yeah. previous whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they? Yeah, so that, that's a pretty nice feeling. that you're, I'm not even worried whatsoever about win-loss uh, at the end of the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, I have this, like, weird uh, – Thing that I do in my head of like how I c- maybe I've said this before but when I'm trying to figure out if I can relax late in games I say that uh, how, how does it go? The team needs to be up by Missouri needs to be up by more points more possessions than there are minutes left in the game.
1: Okay. Mm. That sounds like a little, nice little formula there. Yeah, so Possessions. Like okay. up by nine they need to be there's if there's under three minutes left you yeah feel good. okay yeah. i'll start using that does it work yeah did it work in the konzo era
0: um yeah <laughs> that's when i developed it okay because <laughs> i started realizing damaged. like none like these leads are not safe <laughs> so i was like okay what what lead would be safe gotcha. theoretically okay. that's what i came up with would you ever like you know squeeze it down a little bit and no
1: okay even in even for dennis no 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 okay okay
0: I don't want I I don't want to be hurt again. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, so then uh Mizzou beat LSU eighty five sixty four. Uh Kobe got it started early with a with a big three. And then he five of six from three against LSU, twenty six points for Kobe Brown. He just looked like I don't know, who was this? Like Cassius Robertson. Like just spot up shooter Kobe Brown all yeah. of a sudden.
1: Sometimes he's got that like kind of laser shot that just like Barely gets over the rim. Just Barely gets over the rim, but just goes right in somehow. Yeah.
0: Um, Noah Carter against LSU made three of his first four threes. Uh, Golston had a contested three at the shot clock buzzer. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so
1: interesting how they just kind of like take turns, like having their moment. Like, yeah, I mean, Noah Carter, huge. In the the first five to ten minutes of the game, like you said, like knocked down three or four three-pointers. He was doing heat checks and stuff. And then we just – don't really hear from him much the rest of the game, but it's fine. It didn't we didn't need to. Right. He kind of just passed the baton onto the next guy that was going to do damage for the next five minutes. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So in this one, this one, uh, Hodge was pretty quiet, but uh, didn't matter because we got 14 points from both Carter and Golston and 12 from Mosley. And I did want to mention Hodge in this game against LSU, quiet offensively, but he was still incredibly active on defense, forcing turnovers and just he just kind of quietly has the assignment of guarding their best guard most of the time and he's just so active with his hands timing the steals just knocking the ball away and he has the ability to play his on ball defense right on his man Mm, and not get burned and not foul yeah i mean that's why he was conference defensive player of the year for sure
1: yeah, some players are definitely not able to do that. Like, when when you see them start getting up in somebody's accrual, you're like, oh, yeah. this is about to be a reach-in. Yes, and or blow-by. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so, against LSU, Missouri was 13 of 27 from three and had 26 assists as a team. That's just fun basketball. Yeah. I can't remember the last time. I mean, some Konzo teams were good, obviously. Went to the NCAA tournament. but Never this fun to watch. Right. It's his first season. Konzo's yeah. first season was this fun because we were making threes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know. I think the fans deserve credit. I mean, this is all we needed. yeah. And especially the folks in Columbia who are going to these games. A winning team. And even if we don't win them all, a style that's fun to watch. And, you know, guys that are fun to root for. The, the building has been... Lit, yeah. Last few games,
1: <laughs> that's what the kids say. Uh,
0: yeah, the LSU game in particular. I know
1: LSU's defense is really quite mediocre, but uh, so it. I, I felt like Missouri maybe played their best offensive game of the year, just as far as efficiency, just clicking on all cylinders, like getting contributions from everyone. Just looking absolutely dominant and like so confident in every way. The defense, again, like most games, is like, "Ah, oh, we'll figure that out. We'll, we'll figure it out later." Yeah. Just, uh, we'll we're just. I mean,
0: force turnovers.
1: And it was like the perfect formula for a, for letting a team get back in the game. Honestly, just quick quick shots. Uh, sometimes they don't go in, whatever. But we'll we'll just we'll figure out defense later. And, yeah, it makes for incredibly entertaining basketball. Hopefully, you know, that that kind of style will come back to bite them at times.
0: But I'm, I'm totally on board with, with how they're playing. Yeah, Missouri was outscored by 7 in the last 10 minutes of the LSU game. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of feel that. Like, the, sh- the shots weren't falling from Mizzou late mm-hmm. as as often. And if one thing that I've noticed about this team this year is – when we get up by quite a bit it feels like we're in garbage time when there's still like eight minutes left in the game and that's kind of just a I think we talked about that early, early in the season against some of the really bad non-conference opponents, mm-hmm. but, like... And they almost don't know what to do with it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, are we... Do we slow down? We're in this weird place where it's, like, feels like we just have a few more possessions right. to get over, and then this game's over. Yeah. But no. And then it's, like, yeah, and it's, <laughs> like, like... Like a quarter of the game left.
1: And they're not as good when they sl- yeah. and when they get to that little no-man's land of eight minutes left, and they're yeah. up by 12. Right. And we got to slow down.
0: Yeah. But... I was encouraged, I mean the last 10 minutes weren't the best, but earlier in the game, even in half court sets, Missouri was running their offense, making good passes, setting things up for Kobe, setting things up for Golston, Mosley, so I don't know. It wasn't always transition buckets. They got plenty of those, obviously, but and LSU's defenses nothing special mm-hmm. but they were able to really manufacture some points when they needed to in the half court mm-hmm. one thing that drives me crazy is whenever the other team makes like
1: a garbage time three at the buzzer because for like the sake of kim pom oh yeah like oh this is gonna ruin
0: the analytics <laughs> yeah we won this game but we're not gonna move up exactly they did exactly <laughs> Just, what kim pom predicted yes
1: because <laughs> adam miller drained a three yeah. with two <laughs> seconds left uh, after they stole the ball from us
0: um special shout out to the student section yeah they've been amazing um Mr. Brightside, yeah. we love it. Uh, this is a pro Mr. Brightside podcast. Absolutely. Um, also, I have to say, I didn't see this till after the fact, but did you see those tie dye sailor logo shirts that they were giving out at the game? No.
1: You want one? I want
0: one. I'm putting the message out there. Anybody? <laughs> anyone that wants to donate theirs, I'll I'll pay for it. <laughs> large or extra large of those tie dye sailor logo shirts. Okay. Hit us up. I will send you money for it. Okay. Um, Has
1: Dennis awakened a sleeping giant? He's awakened
0: something in me. That's for sure, (laughs) personally. (laughs) I mean, these fans. I mean, they've they've always been there, but we've been hungry for it. We're hungry.
1: I mean, Missouri is a is a good basketball program. They got some history, some prestige, if you will, Mm -hmm. and all we needed was a little bit of just something to get behind. And
0: man. Yeah, I mean it. Obviously, it. I'm always going to every fan. I feel like he's going to always compare it to the most recent era or regime. And the first season of Conzo had the same vibes as this, and it just it couldn't be sustained because of injuries and lack of recruiting. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing the same thing now, but we've got a recruiting class already locked up. Yeah, I don't. Obviously. Really- Conzo had his first recruiting class that sure. caused that the un- excitement of the first season. Situation, though. Yes. We're having a fun season now and have a pretty solid recruiting class locked up. Yeah. And we know what Dennis Gates can do in the transfer portal and Juco ranks. Yeah, I don't think, I think uh, one of them, yeah.
1: I, the main difference to me is it seems like Dennis is one of the most motivated
0: coaches I think I've ever seen. So, and yeah. I uh, I have this tendency to whoever the current Mizzou basketball coach is, they're like my favorite person in the world, and I'll just overlook all flaws. The well, Dennis Gates has no flaws. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think if he had any, I'd overlook them.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's fandom. Yeah. It's a uh, for heck some heck reason heck the,
0: the basketball coach uh, over the football coach or anybody else. I don't know. They just have this. Place on a pedestal in my mind. Yeah, I just want the best for them.
1: What about what do you think about Quinn back in the day?
0: You know, I I just know Did you see past some of that stuff. I lo- I <laughs> loved him. I didn't know him well, but I loved him. <laughs> okay,
1: that's, that's an acceptable answer.
0: <laughs> uh, after these two wins, uh, Mizzou improves to seventeen and five on the season, five and four in conference play. Kyle seventeen wins is the most since Conzo's first season. And that is only the second time in the last nine seasons that Mizzou basketball has had 17 wins or more.
1: And we got a lot of games to go.
0: That's true. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking about Kobe Brown's three-point shooting. He's up to 48% on the season. What? That is 16th in the country, all players.
1: Did they have to be over a certain like shot threshold or something?
0: Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is. He's oh, over he's, it. He's over it. Okay. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's really impressive.
0: Um, honors at forty percent. Hodge is at thirty nine percent. So that'll that'll play. Uh, we're still fiftieth on Kimpom, like you mentioned. We're just kind of doing exactly what we're supposed to do there in the LSU game. Uh, fourth though in offensive efficiency. One hundred and eighty seventh in uh, defensive efficiency. Uh, looking at the bracket predictions, uh, Bart Torvik. So one thing that we should differentiate between these uh, projections is Bart Torvik is projecting the rest of the season and then seeding accordingly. Mm. Uh, Joe Lenardi and Jerry Palm are seeding the bracket as of right now. Mm. So Bart Torvik has Mizzou as a 10 seed after the season plays out. Uh, ESPN right now, seven seed. Jerry Palm, five seed.
1: Five seed versus St. Louis. Yes. As
0: a 12. And that'd be something. And then playing. Jerry Palm keeps doing that. Yeah. He's he's playing with us. Yeah. He wants the clicks. Yeah. He does. He just wants people to look at those matchups. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to do it because. Well, we're going to do it. (laughs) uh, If they, they, in this hypothetical, if they beat St. Louis in the first round, they would play four seed Marquette Mm. in the second round. And that would be a very interesting matchup. Marquette,
1: uh, don't they have number one Kimpom offense?
0: Number one Kimpom offense, uh, yeah. and They're basically Mizzou, but <laughs> better on offense and better on defense. Okay. They even that doesn't have, sound good. <laughs> right. They even have a couple of forwards that are like each. They have two sophomore forwards that are like each about 60% of what Kobe Brown is. Mm. So they've got like a future Kobe Brown. They've got two of them. Yeah, Marquette's number eight in Kempom right now. That would be Shocker Smart, you know, how he his style of play. I
1: kind of forgot that he was there. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: So that would actually be playing St. Louis in the first round and then Marquette in the second round would be pretty fun. Unfortunately, we got a long ways to go.
1: Yeah, honestly, I feel like the Um You I, I don't know. I feel like the eight nine seed oh, we talk about this stuff every year, but the eight nine seed is really not where you want to be because you have to face the one seed in the second round. If you get past an absolute coin flip of a game. Yeah. So that's just not a great spot to be.
0: Might as well take the coin flip of seven, 10. Right. Yeah. And play this, play the two
1: seat. Even like the six, I think is like realistically the best place I think that you want to be in yeah. that area. But yeah, I'd take seven uh, over eight or nine.
0: I'd take 10 over eight or nine. You almost would. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, How are you feeling right now? I feel like the... Like, Bart Torvik and some of these analytics, like Ken Palm and everything, the purely computer-based stuff is definitely... um, I don't know what I'm... Mizzou is definitely suffering in the rankings there based on the non-conference schedule. Hmm. Um, Not really having... Like, having so many Quadrant 4 games on your schedule is really hurting in the computer side of things, but... The people, uh, Jerry Palm and Joe Lenardi, seem to be overlooking that. Mm -hmm. I wonder. It makes me wonder how the selection committee is going to view that. Because if that, if Mizzou kind of just plays out their season, wins the games they're supposed to, loses a few more, and maybe wins one game in the SEC tournament, then it'll be really interesting to see how the seating turns out. Because the computers will be saying like, on the bubble. Right. Yeah, I think
1: I, yeah, I obviously have no idea how the community going to approach it. I think real people, you know, know Missouri's you know, best couple of wins, maybe their best couple of losses. That seems to be kind of what's considered is in the meaningful games. How did you fare? And they'll probably just look at those, you know, those computer rankings on the surface uh, I don't know that they'll dive into why exactly they're 50th instead of 30th or something mm-hmm. with a group with a really good record. You know, obviously, I think Kim Palm is a tr- tremendous resource. I also do wonder, like, why you know playing a few more quadrant four games like has such an impact like all, all the way this far deep into the season. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and when you look at the strength, strength of schedule, it seems like Missouri's schedule has been a gauntlet all for the you know for the most part the last month or two. Uh, But their strength of schedule is still like up in the 60s 70s Mm -hmm. Um, That kind of surprises me. But yeah, I don't know Um, it. I I think That plays too much of a factor into the analytics and in my humble opinion
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's understandable. I mean if you're a, a human person looking at Mizzou's schedule Like it's very easy to interpret it like oh, they didn't really play anybody until the Kansas game got destroyed but that was kind of their wake-up moment, like, oh, this is what a real game is like, Mm -hmm. and since then, every game's been competitive, they've had huge wins, no bad losses. Right. It's very easy to, obviously, I'm trying to get rid of my biases, but blind schedule, it's very easy for me to talk myself into, oh, yeah, this team, new coaching staff, they scheduled light early, Mm -hmm. but then once things got going, they showed who they really are.
1: Yeah, and I think recency bias will play a huge factor and always does. I mean, what what you do in the SEC tournament is big. What you've just what you done recently um, is always going to play a huge factor in the mind of the committee, whether that's fair or not. So I think that's why the non-conference is almost just like an exhibition for the conference season Yeah. and the second half of the year uh, when you're playing good teams night in and night out. What, what kind of team are you? And so hopefully that will be what's more heavily considered
0: yeah and in a perfect world the the trajectory we're on for the mizzou basketball program is to build some momentum and some continuity year from year and then yeah you want to be i mean i think back to some of the best mizzou teams that we've watched like the the 2012 team had some pretty tough non-conference games early neutral Mm -hmm. site they played at madison square garden they played a couple games in kansas city and that's when you kind of see a team go from, okay, we're just gonna get to conference play with a good record so that we can stack wins and -hmm. make the NCAA tournament, to we're gonna really test ourselves early, see what we're made of, and try to stack meaningful wins to be you know a top four seed in the tournament for sure
1: yeah that's that's when you just have an opportunity to raise some eyebrows but conference season is really um when you've got to be consistent
0: yeah and i feel like every year we see teams we see you know 10 or so teams that are super hot have marquee wins in non-conference play lsu yeah and then uh you know finish their conference season with like six or seven wins and just yep. kind of underwhelm and are on the wrong side of the bubble yep uh luckily for mizzou I'm, I'm still uh i'm still looking forward to those last five games of conference play um five winnable games in a row to close out the season is uh that's an opportunity to really like you said have that recency bias and momentum on your side going into the postseason. Uh, before we get to before we get to Mississippi State, I do wanna I wanna ask you something, Kyle. I was watching these two games, and I struggle with. Uh, I just did it. I'm thinking about the last five games of the season. Mm. I struggle so much with staying in the game that I'm watching, and Start thinking just enjoying picture. it. Yeah, I can't help but be like, oh, the season's almost over. I'd be like, oh, too. what does this game mean for? two games from now
1: yeah i i feel like i do that too right after we get a win like i immediately you know look at kim palm or the sec standings yeah. and that kind of stuff and i'm just like oh i just can't wait to see how this plays out and i'm yeah. just like actually no just just enjoy it stay in the moment <laughs> right here in the now
0: okay so you can't help me with that problem no not, i'm sorry I, i'm just an <laughs> enabler okay <laughs> all right no big deal uh next up big road game against mississippi state mississippi state yeah, they're kind of one of those teams uh had a good non-conference season and then uh, have really struggled come uh, SEC play. And then they beat somebody in the Big Twelve thing, right? Beat TCU in and overtime, yeah. So they've kind of bounced back a little bit, but they've they're they're good. I'm, I'm be prepared, folks. Mississippi State, not a bad team. Um, two huge wins in non-conference play earlier in the season. They beat Marquette, who I was talking about earlier, and uh, top fifty Utah team, and then. Um, in conference play their worst loss is at Georgia so everything else they've they've already played Alabama twice they've already played Tennessee twice yeah so their schedule has been a little bit front-loaded yeah
1: I feel like their their record is a little deceiving for sure because of how difficult it's been
0: and they're favored in eight of their last ten games here including this Mizzou game yeah uh, but they're only two and seven so far in SEC play. You mentioned they did beat uh, TCU in <coughs> overtime, and then they most recently won a road game over South Carolina. And here we have basically the inverse of Mizzou. Um, Mississippi State tenth. Oh, sorry. Let me let me start with fifty-two on Kempom to Missouri's fifty. Tenth on defense and 162nd on offense Mm. and 328th in tempo yikes now the thing that i want to mention about mississippi state is they are excellent at imposing their style of play um the only time they haven't been able to do that all season is against alabama and at auburn those were high pace high possession games against marquette they held Marquette to 55 points. That game, 58 to 55. Wow, I'm sure that was miserable for Marquette's players and yeah, fans. Yeah,
1: probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I think that kind of sounds the alarm bells for me personally, just because Missouri has such a similar style to Marquette um, that Mississippi State was able to to kind of mitigate their their style of play is is a little scary to me.
0: Yeah. Um, Most recently against South Carolina, that game only had 63 possessions. Uh, They had a game earlier that they lost against Florida that only had 61 possessions. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, kind of a comparable
1: style of play to Texas A&M, which, if you recall, uh, was probably the worst game that we've watched this season, Missouri play uh the referees were a part of that too but ultimately just missouri just didn't they looked i looked like we were watching a conzo game honestly yeah just they were completely taken out of their style of play
0: um mississippi state has a really good big man in tolu smith he is their go-to guy on offense and i i can't help but think that he's going to be a problem for missouri um dj jeffries um transferred from memphis a couple years ago he's kind of a do it all forward he'll bring the ball up he'll facilitate he can make a three he can get get to the rim um Shaquille Moore is really fun to watch at the point guard spot not really a not really a three-point shooter but he'll he reminds me a little bit of uh like Xavier Penson a little bit uh and then Deshaun Davis is their only reliable three-point shooter so they've got a few guys that can make a three but if anybody's going to get hot and go on a little bit of a like one-man run, it's probably either going to be Smith or Davis.
1: So you're saying most of the guys on their team can't make a three?
0: Correct. Like they're just unable to? Oh, they could do it, I guess. Even in practice? Uh, in practice, they probably make them. So they're not going to shoot the lights out? No. Okay. Definitely not. Uh, they might
1: against Missouri. Everybody
0: has. It, yeah. If, any, if they're going to, it would be in this game. <laughs> and they're at home. <laughs> but uh, I think they... I mean, if I'm Mississippi State, the game plan has to be go all in on slowing this game down and just pounding the ball in the paint, letting uh, Smith do his thing down low and basically be like, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. See if you can stop it.
1: Yeah, play your normal game for sure. Yeah, yeah this, this game is is really scary to me. Um, and I feel like it's one just on the surface. You're like, oh, Mississippi State, they kind of suck. We should win this. Uh, this is just, I mean, everything about this game just screams loss to me. And honestly, one of the big reasons, biggest reasons why, is just because it's on the road, and on the road in, in conference season, we know how that has, how that's gone. We know how it's gone when Missouri tries to win a game at Missouri at, at Mississippi State. I mean, have they won at Mississippi State like ever since they've joined the SEC? It doesn't I'm feel not like sure, it. i No. I mean, that is just not a place that Missouri has had any success. And Missouri I know would
0: have to win like several years in a row for me to get rid of this yes. mental thing of like if we're going on the road to mississippi state and texas a and maybe it's the maroon and it but, was
1: old miss too for a while but they yeah. luckily kind of broke out of that this year but yeah it's something about those those southern schools like whenever we go there it just never goes well and maybe that's just a little bit of some ptsd talking <laughs> i don't know but until i see it i'm not sure that i can predict a win um in an environment like that is this the wednesday night game or tuesday night this is the uh, midweek game
0: this is tomorrow, Saturday.
1: Oh, okay. I forgot what day it is. It's Friday. Today's Friday. Today's Friday. Tomorrow's Saturday.
0: 8 p.m., I believe. Okay.
1: Well, you know, it's not a midweek game. Maybe we'll have a shot. But I am, I'm going to predict the loss. I'm going to say that it's uh, 72 to 68 Mississippi State. And honestly, if they lost by more than that, I don't know that I'd be shocked.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just. It's. I can't help but reiterate Mississippi State is still even though they're 2 and 7 in conference play they are absolutely still on the NCW tournament bubble. They've got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. They've got to actually win some games that they're projected to win, but it's crazy that a road game against Mississippi
1: State is way more scary to me than a home game against the top 12 Iowa
0: State was. Well, now we did predict a loss there.
1: We did, but like I was still like I still thought there would be like a better chance that Missouri would win that and then they came out and played incredible and I'm f- afraid that they're gonna not look incredible in this game
0: so if I'm just really trying to think of what's the most likely outcome I would just agree with everything you're saying so let me think about like if if Missouri is going to win this game mm-hmm. then Kobe Brown keeps doing what he's doing yeah which th- he could do that and we still lose if the supporting cast isn't making shots but let's say Kobe plays a good game and we get a nice contribution from like a, like Mosley-Golston, golston Nickon or something like that, where they're knocking down threes. If Missouri, man, it's going to be so hard to get up and down the floor against Mississippi State. I feel like I watch some of their highlights and, man, they just really slow you down. They make you take all the time of your shot clock. Mm -hmm. But if we can force some turnovers, if Missouri's going to win this game, it's going to be something like, it's going to be very similar to the Iowa State game. Mm. And so that means Missouri wins 74-71. to Is that your prediction? Yeah,
1: nice. I hope you're right. Uh, I will point out that I don't know Missouri's loss since Isaiah Mosley has been like playing well. Obviously, I think their last loss was Alabama, and Mosley did play in that game, but he, no Kobe in that one. No Kobe in that one. So with with pretty much any game that we've had, Kobe and Isaiah Mosley playing well, like we have just destroyed the other team. Uh, I genuinely think Mosley is making this offense a lot better. He's kind of like helped them get out of the slump they were in. Um, And if Missouri can win this game, this is going to sound kind of dumb, maybe, but I I genuinely think if Missouri can win this game, it might be one of the most important wins of the entire season because it's coming up. They will prove that they can win on the road and in a tough environment against a team that plays totally different than them. And it's a team that I think will end up being right there with them in the SEC standings by the time it's, exactly. it's all said and done. Yeah. So they really need to to win these games against teams
0: they're going to be close to in the standings. That's not dumb at all. Um, yeah, no, you know, you're, you're, you're you've nailed it. I mean, this game is the most toss-up game on the schedule until we get them until we get Mississippi State back at home. So there's still i mean obviously we could still split with them we get the opportunity later in the season to get back a game that we lost to Texas A&M we get them at home but if you're talking about like on Palm right now we're projected to lose against Mississippi State tomorrow and then road games against Tennessee and Auburn the rest of the games on the schedule are projected wins so flipping one of these 3 losses to wins that's mm. huge for seeding, for bubble talk, all of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you like a little bubble talk? I love bubble talk. <laughs> Except I don't want to be on the bubble.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Is Missouri Missouri not even on the
0: bubble? I mean, like, yeah. Apparently, if you're seeding the, the tournament right now, they're in. Yeah, clearly Safely. off the bubble.
1: No worry at all on Selection Sunday if it ended today.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I'm confused by the disconnect between. Like ESPN, CBS, and the computers, because on Bart Torvik you can go in and like say, okay, if Missouri wins this game, loses this game, then yeah. what does that do to the seeding? Yeah. And it's hard. It takes a lot right now to get Mizzou easily on the good side of the bubble. Yeah. And I and I, I mean, we talked about it earlier. I can only think that the strength of schedule, strength of schedule, the, is really pretty it. And I down.
1: think the defense. Is a huge thing. The computers know how bad truly Missouri's defense is. True. I don't know that humans that maybe aren't watching as closely as we do, yeah, understand how bad Missouri's defense is. They just see that we're winning, right? And um, that's
0: fine, you know. That's fine. Uh, if you're winning, that, honestly, who cares? maybe that's all that matters. Yes. Maybe
1: we're overanalyzing with with Ken Palm. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and to some degree, and that type of stuff is just like yeah, LSU hadn't scored above sixty points so far in conference play, and. They scored 77 yeah so that's gonna hurt the defensive metrics um, after the Mississippi State game we're back home against South Carolina and um, it was mentioned in the discord earlier this week that this looks like a classic trap game situation with uh, we're, we're we're really hyping up this game tomorrow it's a really crucial game for Missouri's future this season and then On the other side of South Carolina is road games against Tennessee and Auburn. So, I could understand that. Like, South Carolina, pretty bad team, and Missouri could just... It is a midweek game. Missouri could not get up for it. But the good news is South Carolina is bad enough that I don't think it's going to matter.
1: I was going to say that exact same thing if you didn't. (laughs) I I, I mean... Yeah, maybe we're getting a little overconfident here, but and I think it's more about South Carolina than, than Missouri, honestly. I think yeah. South Carolina is just truly terrible.
0: Yeah, two hundred fifty fourth in Kim Pom, uh eight and fourteen so far in the season, one and eight in conference play. They did go to Rupp Arena and beat Kentucky. That was really weird. Which I'm
1: fine with that, also though.
0: Yeah. Uh, offense uh, two forty nine, defense two forty five, tempo three oh nine. I mean, this if
1: this is a borderline quadrant four win. <laughs> like I don't, it's a quadrant three, I'm sure, but I'm not really sure exactly
0: where the, it might be is. four. It's I probably mean, pretty close. Two fifty, Kim Palm. Yeah.
1: yeah. At home. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, um, probably nobody knows this unless you're kind of deep in the culture, but South Carolina has a freshman who was five-star recruit, number six player in his class forward, Gigi Jackson. Have you watched him play very much? Not a lot. He's going to be an NBA lottery pick. So, it, you know, I feel like we see, <laughs> we see like one or two teams every year that just have this star Anthony player. Edwards. Yes. On a, just a, an awful team. And they just have this one guy that can actually play. Um, they've got a couple guys that could make some threes. They've got a couple somewhat capable big men. I mean, not everybody's terrible, but I mean, they've got this freshman forward who just does everything and looks like an NBA player on the court, <laughs> and then they have eight wins. I f- I'm feeling- That is weird. Yeah, it is strange. I'm, but, not, I'm honestly not sure I knew that. Yeah. That they that he was
1: that highly ranked. I mean, yeah. I've, I was aware of him, but I didn't know that he was a lottery pick.
0: Yeah, probably like, uh, I was looking at some mock uh, drafts, NBA mock drafts, and he's going like around 10th. <laughs> okay. That's That's gotta be, I mean, that's probably the saddest thing that can happen. It is year one, for um, Lamont Paris in South Carolina, so he's got some time to get things right and just bringing in a five. St- but, but yeah, you mentioned uh, Anthony Edwards. It is a lot of parallels to that uh, Tom Crean Georgia mm-hmm. team. And Edwards
1: has been like phenomenal in the NBA. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean he was incredible at Georgia, but yeah. like um, Jackson, he his not a good offensive rating because he's just like doing everything in is a freshman so just not very efficient Like high usage yes very high like switch him and brandon miller at alabama and you basically have the same thing Mm. like he would be you know a crucial part of alabama being incredible and there's a decent chance that brandon miller would be putting up numbers and south carolina would still have eight wins that would be like the most depressing thing to happen to mizzou i feel like I mean, we've had close to that, basically, but that was still a good, fun season. But uh, mm-hmm. the hype around, like, a five-star player coming in and then your team's just awful. I feel like we most we see that usually in, like, the first one or two seasons of a coach's tenure.
1: Mm-hmm. That new coach bump.
0: Yeah. Got to beat South Carolina. Really, that would be a disaster of that a loss. That would be disastrous. That would be one of the worst losses. I mean, Kentucky is going to... That loss is is gonna haunt them if they don't if they falter even a little bit down the stretch, that loss to South Carolina is gonna be like weighing down their resume. Mm-hmm. We're both predicting wins there. Should be it, South Carolina slow pace, but this is like the textbook team that just they are not able to impose anything <laughs> in any game. So in do Game being at Mizzou Arena. <laughs> I mean probably Jackson's like, yeah, let's get some possessions in. Let me get my numbers up. He's gonna go for twenty and ten. Yeah. And Mizzou could still win by twenty. Yeah. You feeling good as we head towards the uh the home stretch? I'm feeling great. We um, do we've got those big those tougher matchups, those road games, Tennessee, Auburn. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Opportunities though.
0: I still, I still think Missouri, I think they're
1: 6th or 7th in the SEC standings. I think that's probably about where they finish. But got a lot of fun basketball coming up.
0: Yeah, it feels good to be in a position where we can basically just say, oh, yeah, we're, we lose on the road to Tennessee and Auburn, and it's not a big deal. Yeah. It feels good to be banking wins this early in the season. Um anything else before we head out of here that's it let me know if you got one of those t-shirts and you're willing to part with it <laughs> reach out i'll send you some money um yeah that's it special thank you to our patreon supporters at the ten dollar level and above brit trees brian smith ryan demore tristan ben smith parker daddy jd tim keens tyler Harsel, brandon graffalo brandon hanks thank you
1: thank you very much gentlemen you can find this podcast on spotify google podcasts and apple podcasts we're on twitter at mizzou sports pod and you can email us at missouri sports pod at gmail.com
0: you can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop missouri sports pod dot producer cameron uh out of 10 how much have you enjoyed watching mizzou basketball this year mm. like nine oof mm. love that mm. thank you everyone for listening we will see you next week